All right, everybody. So this is Sleep with TNG, Star Trek The Next Generation. And this one, uh, so, like, I thought I'd check in real quick. A couple things about, uh, well, one, I'm just starting to record this episode. I think this is this. So we're going to be talking tonight and probably next week about uh, Season 4. Shoot, I can't find my route. Like, Season 4, Episode 2, I believe, uh, Family. And, like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know, just such a rich episode uh, that I said, well, what if we linearize it? Because there's three stories. I, I, I don't like. I always hear how people talk about writing television, but I think there's an A story, a B story, and a C story. And the A story is Jean-Luc Picard's return to France for, France for his visit. And then we have Worf's parents visiting. And then we have Dr. Crusher deciding and then giving a tape uh, to, to her son, Will. It's Wesley. Wesley, Will, I think is it. Anyway, and I said to myself, well, geez, this is like, uh, this is a really, really uh, dense episode in a good way. So I thought I would at least attempt to break it up. And I, so I took notes in two different notebooks. So here's what I'm, propo- here's what I'm proposing to attempt. I, I won't know. Like, you'll know before I know. That's that's what's funny. Well, maybe not, because it will be, because, uh, you know, the shows will get edited and stuff, so I guess not. But uh, um, what I'm going to do is record the Jean-Luc Picard portion of the episode all in a row, just like it was its own, just a Jean-Luc return to France story, and then maybe talk about some of the facts that came up and stuff, uh, and ideally, that'll be like that'll be like well, that'll push us over an hour. I think it will. Like that's my fear, is that uh, like I don't want to. Oh, like I said, geez, I really want to spend some time. And there's a lot of good stuff with this wharf story, even though it was a beast story. And I don't want to miss anything. And this Jean Luc one. Be honest, the first time I watched it was a couple months ago. I watched it casually. And there's a two-parter episode before it, which is really, really, uh, like, a lot happens in those episodes. It was a season cliffhanger, I believe. And this episode would have presumably been, like, a breath of fresh air, but instead it's, like, a breath of, like, fresh uh, uh, cold air. I guess, like, a, it, it's not, like, a dull, uh, it, there's not a lot of action in the episode, but there's a lot of emotional journeying. So that's one thing. Then the second thing is I always like to keep you updated on how I'm watching these episodes because this episode, I've adjusted my technique yet again, and I don't know if I'll stick with it. And kind of this is a new hybrid that I've been moving towards, uh, but this is the first time I implemented it, and this was a good one to implement it since I was switching notebooks and really digging deep. Um, so let me lay that on you too. So here's what, here's what the viewing was for family. Like I'd watched it a few months ago in a cat, like as a casual first, you know, just watch the episode. Then, uh, I said, well, she's, how am I going to do it this time? And what I decided is I, I loathe, like a lot of people, I don't like exercising, but I, I think it's something I have to consistently do. So then I said, well, maybe when I exercise, uh, like work out on Friday and early Monday and early Friday in the mornings, I said, like, I'll like passively watch Star Trek, uh, this episode again, and kind of just observe, uh, you know, but but I'll be working out uh, 
uh, to try to keep my data, you know, to keep gathering data, not the character data, but, you know, it was details about the episode. And then what I did was I, I broke it like I decided, and I think this is what I'm going to do because I think it was fruitful, fruitful, is I watched, I broke the episode into six parts. Like almost every ad break, I, I would do like one night. So there's usually, I mean, seven nights in a week, but six nights that I watch. Uh, and then on the seventh night, I watch, a ca- I watch Star Trek casually. So I broke this episode into six parts, which are usually about 46 minutes, which divided by six, I have no idea. Like I think seven, six times six is 36, six times seven... 70, I don't know, 7, 4, 21, 42 minutes. So somewhere, maybe it's 8 minutes, I don't know. But uh, And then it allows me to pause a lot more and, like, take a lot more details and then um, not worry as much about Jesus. Like, like gives me more space uh, instead of trying to watch it. I don't know, it's an experiment. So that's where we're at. And as usual, I have the episode on my old iPhone here. I'm going to fire it up. Hopefully the volume's down, but it probably, who knows. And at some point, you know, all these updates will end up to, that'll be the end of this 4S. And then I don't like, uh, we'll see what I do. And then we have a transcript and I have my notes and I downloaded the episode, but it's not starting for some reason. Okay, so it's starting, and I don't hear anything, so that's good. And uh, but now, now, after all that, i got to uh, pause because i uh, got to get some extra light in here. Evans, this is happening every week, I think. All right, so, the, so this is the Picard run-through of this episode. So it opens with the Captain Logboard to start at uh, 44012.3. And the Enterprise is tacked at McKinley Station, going through an overhaul and retrofit after the Borg incident. And he says, uh, Captain Picard says, uh, Picard, Jean-Luc Picard says, I'm confident the ship and her crew will be ready to return to service. And, you know, for me, like, I thought this was really good effect. Again, I mean, man, the show really stands up effects-wise. Uh, at least in these, like, whatever, I don't know what you'd call these effects, but, you, you like, I'm pausing it, and, and the ship's got, like, uh, the Enterprise is kind of on this, like, uh, there's another ship on it that obviously is repairing it. And in the background, you see a blue planet, uh, like a water-based planet or whatever they call it. You say, whoa, wait a second, oh, boy. And now we have Riker... And actually, the blue planet's in the background, and I saw some, some movement, which is nice. And even though this is this one scene is not about Jean-Luc, it is, because uh, uh, he's just ready to return for service. So we have Riker, and he's filling out a, like something on an iPad, and he sends off and uh, says, go down to engineering. And then White Wharf comes in and says, Jesus, the phasers are good to go. And Riker and he said, I'm moving on to the next thing. And Riker goes, you're too, Riker, you know, he's got to use this, uh, he's such a sailor, this Riker. He says, you're too damn deficient, Lieutenant. And Worf's like, thank you, sir. Oh, boy. And he says, continue with the uh, testing. Here's the schedule for all the shore leave and the personal stuff. And he says, geez, by the way, I'm looking forward to seeing your parents here. And Worf's like, what? You know, WTF? He goes, yeah, they're on the visitors list. 
and we get to like in. He goes, he goes, nobody goes, no, sir. He goes, it's inappropriate for a Klingon to receive family while on duty. As humans, my parents just don't understand. And I said, tell it to, you know, tell, we, we, like, I wonder if he, he ever did a video, like Will Smith, uh, you know, parents just don't understand. Human, pay, I mean, in this kind of, this is a really, really rich episode, though. And, like, uh, I think it's just important because uh, he says, uh, Riker says, well, geez, I don't know because, like, I don't get it because this isn't a Klingon ship. If you don't want to see your parents, it's your business. Uh, he goes, but we don't get to Earth uh, all that often. You know, I could get you get you off duty while they're here. He goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. And then he goes, you're dismissed. He goes, Worf, are you worried about... Uh, uh, you know, what, what, what happened on the planet, like last season on the Klingon planets. And he goes, not at all. I've already informed them by the correspondence of my discommodation. And this is important thematically for the whole episode, really thematic episode. He says, I do not believe any human can truly understand my dishonor. And then, uh, that, that scene ends. And then the next scene starts and it was, uh, yeah, a little bit confusing. He opens with Jean-Luc in a robe, and uh, it was like, I was really confused because uh, in the background, and he's in the bathroom, or is at his vanity, and his chest is at, like, you can see chest hair, and then standing in the background of the mirror is uh, Counselor Troy. Her arms are crossed, but I said, wait a second, what is going on here? Because uh, it looks like he's in a bathrobe, but at some point and he's looking at some sort of blue outfit or something. Also, notice he had like oil candles or oil—I don't know, like little lamps. Uh, arms crossed. Where are they? I put uh, Picard's a little aloof. And since we got time, I can really like—I'll run through my notes, and then maybe I'll run through the dialogue a little bit, and then maybe the scene again. Uh, where? Because oh, this room's huge. Uh, Picard's like aloof. Uh-huh, um, 20 years, inter- interesting counselor. Uh, this was strange to me. Like, if you look, it's around, this is around 2.30 in the episode, so around 2.40, we see Picard's bed, I believe. And it looks like it's mounted at an angle, like that the head of the bed is lower than the foot of the bed. And or the foot of the bed is lower. I don't know. I, I just paused it because then he'll be talking about this for a while. Uh, but it, also at some point when he's walking, he realizes this is an like he's wearing pants because at first I thought he was just wearing a robe. And I said, man, they must have super good boundaries. Or you know, obviously it's like uh, something very casual because I said, what is he in a robe with Troy with? I mean. I don't think Starfleet Command would but he's got pants on. It's just his shirt. It's, uh, it's like airy, you know. It says, well, my chest gets hot when I'm on shore leave. And I would say, Jean-Luc, I get it. Totally, I get it. Uh, I don't know what you think. I'm better. Okay, so we'll go through that. Uh, uh, let's see. What other new choice? Could use some scrutiny. Home village. Interesting. Picard smiles. Have a good cab. So, yeah, let's run through. Uh, so, yeah, Picard says he's going back to France, his home village. 20 years, first time. And Troy's really working. She's trying to be therapeutic, as we kind of see for this theme. 
she says, interesting. And Picard says, come on, counselor. And she goes, I find it interesting. You know, you couldn't go on vacation for three years. And he goes, well, it's Earth. Uh, it's home. Do I need another reason? She goes, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, and he goes, look, uh, you know, I've been recovering, but now I'm better. And he even does this, like, fake, uh, raises his arms up. I'm better. And it really rings uh, that it's not true, like, uh, fake and... Uh, fake enthusiasm, like making muscles, I'm better. Like my injuries are healing. And she says, yeah, the ones you can see in the mirror. And he says, I didn't think about her. All I need is a little time to myself. And she goes, oh, totally, time to yourself. But uh, it's just where you're going that it concerns me. And Picard goes, if you think I'm heading home uh, because of what happened with the Borg, you can be my guest. And she goes, well, is that what you believe? And he goes, I hate it when you do that. And she says, Captain, you need time. You know, you can't recover quickly. She goes, it's perfectly normal, you know, to have, uh, to take some time to recover from dealing with the Borg. Being a Borg, as a matter of fact, Captain. And Picard says what makes every therapist laugh after, you know, especially when you say you're better. They don't laugh then, but they say, what better place to recover and relax than the streets of one's home village? You know, or maybe therapists grind their teeth when you, well, no, I'm going to go home and totally relax. This time it'll be different, a doctor or a counselor. And Troy says, well, interesting. You have a good trip, Captain. And she kisses him on his cheek and he packs some books. Uh, or no, he, try, he looks at three books like he's going to pack them. And then he puts them back. I didn't. I couldn't figure out what books they are. Like he does this. Uh, what the hell, Jean Luc? We're you know we're living. And then he puts the books back. And then he heads out the door. Oh wait, he gets his luggage. I had to change pages. And then turns back for one last look. And then uh, uh, the open. I was also going to try to pay attention to the story. That was a little bit harder. But as I fast forwarded here, um. I mean, the story, like, so Jean-Luc is recovering. Is it good to recover as he goes home? I don't know. It's a little, not a, I'm not, I don't have it down where I can understand everything that's happening in these episodes quite yet. Yeah, but then we're going to skip ahead to this next uh, Jean-Luc scene. And, uh, oh, here's the story notes. I put Jean-Luc needing to heal and going up to, uh, going, going up to do. I don't know what that is. So is it misguided, question mark? And then Worf's parents come in the ship, him feeling like no human understands life. Is it Klingon? I think that was night one of my um, things. So then we see Jean-Luc in France, or France, and he's walking down a lane. And it's very lush. There's bushes, and there's a canopy of trees, and he's really uh, strolling. And he's in the same outfit, his chest is, you know, he's got wind on his chest, uh, his bag is over his shoulder. You know, I would I would hasten to say there's a spring in his step. And then he slows down, he senses someone spying on him, and uh, he uses kind of out-of-date pop culture reference on this kid in suspenders. And he's really showing some chest here. And chest hair, he doesn't, like, uh, his chest hair doesn't really show up on camera. 
And the kid, I guess, like, I've seen, like, some people complaining, like, like uh, Star Trek uh, uh, cast members about the, la- like, level of polyester. Uh, but this little kid, he, he has, like, leather suspenders, and he has a shirt. It looks like a Cool Max-type shirt, like a good wicking shirt. I'm not sure on that, but it looked like it. And then they start walking, and they figure it out. Then the kid takes uh, Jean-Luc's bag. And there's kind of a cute thing, like, uh, let's see. The, uh, first he says, geez, are you a highwayman? And the kid goes, what's that? And he goes, oh, like, uh, don't worry about it. He goes, no, no, no. And the kid says, I know who you are. He goes, well, you have me in advantage. He goes, you're my nephew, Jean-Luc from the Enterprise. And uh, Picard plays on and goes, oh, you must be my uncle Rene. And he goes, no, 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 the other way around, I guess, the kid says. And Picard says, well, I kind of like the other idea better. And then the kid says, well, geez, where have you been? And Picard says, on a starship, I've been busy. And Rene, the boy, says, well, father says you don't like it here. And Picard says, well, maybe you didn't understand. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, uh, he said it. He said, you know, you're in a, you know, angry SOB or arrogant or something. He goes, well, it's maybe it's time to change all that. And he says, maybe we could talk about it later. Uh, then we get to the winery and, uh, or look, look like a winery and the kid's like, mommy, mommy, he's here. And we see his sister-in-law, Marie, she's in blue, very sky blue. She's very welcoming, very concerned. And, uh, Picard, time to get out. So what does that mean? Try to get out. Oh, he tries to get out of the parade, I think. No, he wants to, he gets out of staying, he tries to get out of staying there. Oh, stay at the village. And this brought up a question for me. She says, it's your home. It will all, you will always be your home. Um, do things that look that different. Uh, everything as I remember it. Uh, and at some point, Picard kind of puts his hand to his face, thoughtful, but a little bit paranoid or something. As we run through the dialogue, because he says uh, they talk about how his brother and his father are so similar. She says, oh, Jesus, it's so good to see you, Marie says. Uh, Delighted you're going to stay with us. He goes, no, no, I don't want to impose. She goes, oh, no, it's your home. It will always be your home. Does it look different? And he goes, no, it's amazing how little it's changed. Everything is as I remember it. The house, the hills, the bushes, the trees, untouched by the passage of time. And she says, Robert's worked hard to keep it that way. It's important to him. And Picard says, as it was to our father. That's what you can see stresses him out a little bit. And then Renee says, I'm going to be a ship captain and Picard says, geez, you look just like my brother. I've expected to see myself coming out playing with you. And then they say, geez, your brother's look at Robert. I keep calling him Robert because that's my handwriting, but it's Robert. Sorry to anybody, any Roberts out there. Yeah, there's Picard really nervous at uh, 11.08. If you want to see Jean-Luc uh, looking vulnerable, 11.08 on this episode... And uh, then, let's see, he heads out to see Robert, who's like taking a big handful of grapes and tasting them. And then they have some dialogue, which we'll discuss, but Picard looks off. It's good. It's good to see you. Wind picks up. Uh, that's what Picard says to his brother. He says, oh, it's good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. It's good. 
to see you. Then the wind picks up, and his brother doesn't even say anything. And then he goes, are you tired or what? Because you look awful. He goes, get out of here and make yourself at home. And then the thematic thing comes again. He says, I must try to take care of this poor, sick vine. And then the camera pulls out to a shot of modern France, and uh, Picard walks away. Uh, but yeah, Robert first says, geez, you got here. Welcome home, Captain. And uh, he goes, would you take a shuttle? And Picard goes, no, I can walk. I already seen Marie and Renee. And then I, I caught the rest of the, uh, seems like I, did, I got the rest of the, uh, uh, the rest of the dialogue, too. Also important things, they eat at 8 o'clock. That seems very French, 8 p.m. And let's see, I'm just waiting for this shot to come up of modern France. So, like, you see the vineyards uh, contrasted. Like, it's a slow pullout. It's windy. And then you see, like, these mo- like an old castle, the vineyards, and then some radio towers and some modern-looking painting buildings. So, really cool. And then it's uh, like we like a little while, and then it's France at night, and there's a light coming out of the house. There's cricket sounds, and they're eating dinner. Robert, Rene, Marie, and Jean Luc. And uh, it's like, are they having rabbit stew? I don't know if that's like a presumptive, but uh, that's what I was wondering. And they have wine, and they have bread, and they have water. And we'll go, go through the dialogue, but there's like pa- passive aggressive entanglements uh, about the ocean and the parades. Let's see. Really nice traditional house. We got candlelight and uh, nice uh, like lighting because of the candlelight. I mean, I don't want, like, I think Robert and Marie are like a little bit older than uh, I would think for Renee's parents, especially Robert. I mean, he should, like, I don't know if it's the wine that's been so hard. Like, he's, like, uh, it looks like he's lived in, the, like I say, he's been out in the sun. Uh, I mean, especially up against a youthful, youthful Jean-Luc. Uh, like, uh, Jean-Luc carries himself like he's been, I mean, I guess if you are a Starfleet officer, you do have to be pretty healthy. So they go back and forth. Uh, yeah, let's go through the dialogue because it's interesting. Uh, Marie says, geez, your buddy, old buddy Lewis wants to get a hold of you, which made me laugh last night when I was watching it because I was like, oh, that's uh, Walt Jr., uh, his friend, his best friend is Lewis too. Uh, so who would have thought Walt, Walt Jr. and Jean-Luc Picard would have the same name, best friend, Lewis? And Picard says, Jesus, he's still working on raising the ocean floor. Marie's like, oh, yeah, he's a supervisor and very proud and they're trying to, like Robert says, I don't know why we would need another continent. I'm over it. Uh, you know, he goes, I'm over continents. And Jean-Luc says, Jesus, the first, I guess the first barb in this situation comes from Jean-Luc. Because he says, uh, it's exciting if you would understand the potential of exploring a new world on our uh, planet. Pass the butter, please. And you see, wow, Jean-Luc's family is just like mine. It makes him reactive instantly. Even a great man like Jean-Luc uh, can be passive-aggressive. And he says, he, Robert says, well, I guess I just not, I don't understand it. And they say, Jesus, a parade. The Marie says, a mayor wants to give you a parade in Keys to the city. And Jean-Luc says, oh, no, no, no. 
And of course, you know, this is a, like, this is a power dynamic because Robert, Robert and Marie, see, they seem happily married, but Jean-Luc is definitely a superstar. And he seems to have a great affinity for Marie, just as friends, like a plutonic one, but still I would view it as a threat if I was Robert. Uh, like even if it's on a subconscious level. So he says, oh, he just needs a little coaxing deer. And Picard then refers to himself and he goes, no, he does not. Uh, I'm here to rest and spend time with my wonderful family. And Marie said, well, I already warned the mayor. And then they cheers their wine. And Picard drinks it and he says, he studies it, he smells it. He says, is this the 46? And Robert says, nope, 47, you bonehead. Remember when I used to call you uh, a little a little bonehead? That didn't, that part doesn't happen, but he goes, no, no, this is a 47. You've been drinking too much synthethol. It ruined your palate. And again, they, Picard says, on the contrary, it, it makes your palate better. So there. And then they say, geez, this is good. And then Picard says, leave it to Robert to marry the best cook in France. Uh, and Robert says, well, your technology is doing its way to ruining cooking, too. I won't have a replicator in this house. And Picard says, my mother and father were the same way. Father wouldn't let mother have a replicator either. And Robert says, ah, this was a good one. I really started this a lot. Father understood better than anybody the danger of losing those values we hold most precious. And Ricard says, I don't think you have to lose anything just because something's convenient. And Robert says, in my, like, in my view, life is already too convenient. They say, like, uh, Marie says, geez, you guys give it up. We're at dinner. And Renee says, I did a report on starships. And Marie's like, and he got a ribbon for it. Uh, best the teacher had ever heard. And Ricard playfully says, good for you, uncle. He goes, I wrote a report about starships once. And Renee says, did you win a ribbon? And Picard's like, I don't know. I don't recall. And Robert says, I don't find your modesty very convincing, brother. Of course you won the ribbon. You always win. And Renee says, do you still have the report? And Picard says, no, I don't think I do. And then we're like, because Picard's not good with kids, he doesn't get the hint. Renee says, well, I still have mine if anybody wants to read it. And his mom, she, Marie says, go get it and read it to your uncle. And as soon as the kid leaves, you know, Robert says, geez, it's hard enough to protect him. Which kind of, this is like another really nice uh, theme in here. Uh, he says, she's like, you can't just protect him from, you know, why encourage him? We need to protect him. Like, this is like my internal critic. Like, why would you ever leave France and have conveniences and whatever? And Ricard says, Jesus, like, I'm not encouraging him. I just answered his questions. If you weren't so narrow-minded, you'd let him see the world as it really is. And Robert says, you can raise, like, total burn. He says, you can raise your sons however you wish. Oh, wait, no, no, you don't have any. Well, allow me to do it with mine. Let's see. Marie has to help Picard because he doesn't get the kid's hints. Oh, at the end of the scene, Picard's look says, uh, what was I thinking coming back here? I thought that was funny. Then there's a commercial break. 
then Picard and Lewis are in the vineyards walking. And he says, Lewis says, one's man's idea of paradise. And Picard says, no, two, my father and Robert. And we get a little bit of taste of Picard's backstory to, through this whole episode. But him and Lewis, you know, he says, she's never have I met anybody less interested in grapes than you, Jean-Luc. And Jean-Luc says, no, 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 I was interested and I was proud that my family was preserving the traditions. I just wasn't bound by those traditions. And Lewis said, geez, you always reach for the future and your brother for the past. And then Picard says, well, geez, there's got to be room for both. And he goes, what are you up to, bro? And he goes, well, it's in hydroponics for a while, but they shut that down. And Picard says, Jesus, I should you should have listened to me. He goes, if I listened to you, I would have never gone cycling with the Bloom sisters and married them and all that. And then Picard says, what's up with this Atlantis project? And he goes, well, he goes, I'm just one of 200 supervisors. My wife acts like I'm in charge of it. But he goes, it's really exciting. And Picard says, yeah, I've been reading about it. And then Picard goes, Jesus, just one thing I don't understand. And then there's a beat and he says, Jesus, you're a a terrible swimmer. And they laugh. Uh, And Lewis says, well, I I suppose we all find ways to confront our greatest fears. And then Picard says, how are you going to raise it up without, you know, messing with the tectonics? Uh, And they say, geez, we haven't quite figured that out. Uh, And Picard goes, geez, on on the Enterprise, we used harmonic resonators when um, we were on Drama 4. Not exactly the same thing. And Lewis goes, oh, man, we could use a leader like you. He, would re- he goes, I know you'd never leave Starfleet, but uh, Picard goes, nope. And then he goes, well, geez, if you're so interested, why don't I send you some of the behind-the-scenes stuff to read? He goes, you, any thoughts you had? And they say, okay. Picard says, totes. Uh, totes my goats, as a matter of fact. And let's see what else we have. No two men, Robert and father. What does this pun mean? Oh, what is it? No, no, that was Lewis's pun, uh, pin. Lewis's pun, Lewis's pin. I really liked how Picard uh, cracked him up. Uh, then I tried to run through the story again. Ship's under repair. Uh, Picard is under healing or repair, uh, but going home a little too soon or too fast, uh, or uh, going home to heal, or is it too soon? And then we see the kid and Marie, and there's the theme of like home always being the same and never changing. And then something about Robert, you know, caring for sick, sick vines. Uh, then the dinner with the idea of tradition versus uh, and protecting traditions versus technology, and also of like cloistering their son, Robert cloistering their son, and then this idea of this new job potential with Lewis. And let's see, then we see this mini, like the next scene with Jean Luc is like this uh, laptop. It doesn't have a keyboard, but he's on chapter 4, page 31, reading about the Atlantis Project. Uh, Jean-Luc, is, he, I couldn't tell if he was in a sea green or a sea foam robe, uh, but he's kind of staring into space, and then Marie's like, uh, she comes by, and she's like, hey, Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc, but he's just kind of staring off for a second. 
And she's like, what's up? He goes, well, I've been thinking, Lewis mentioned they need a director, and I've just been fantasizing about it. And she goes, well, why wouldn't you if it's just to fantasize? And he goes, well, thinking about leaving my career in the enterprise. And she says, well, you've been through a bit. Uh, and he goes, no, it's not. that's not it. And then he's like, or, or is it? Uh, and she says, well, geez, it'd be great to have you here. You know, you and your brother are such a ball of laughs to be around. Maybe you'd even start to like one another. And then Picard says, well, I already like his choice in wives. So I said, oh, boy, that's inappropriate, dude. Like, even if you mean it potentially, you just, I don't know. I mean, coming from him, it's believable. But and he goes, she said, never thank you for your correspondence. So he does mean it from this genuine place because she's been sending him letters. And he says, it made me feel like I'm part of the family. And she goes, you're not part like part of the family. You are Jean-Luc Picard. Then we see even more old school because the doorbell rings and it's a jingle jangle physical bell above the door. And Robert goes to answer it. We also see their parquet floor is pink and sea green. I don't know why. And then Lewis is there. That's when I realized that he was Walt Jr.'s friend. And Lewis kind of has overstepped because Robert's like, all right, let's get some wine. You guys can talk business. And Robert says, what do you mean? And John Luke says, nothing. And Lewis is like, well, actually, I made a couple of assumptions uh, about our plans. And, you know, we, we the Board of Governors want to meet with you. And Picard's like, what? And they say, well, it's preliminary, you know, making you an offer. And Picard's like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you said you were interested. And he goes, I never said I was interested. Interested. I'm more, you know, same thing with Marie, what Drew's assuming. It's not that I'm interested in Marie. I find her interesting. Same thing about this. Uh, and they say, well, Lewis says, well, geez, just listen to him, man. It's free to listen. And then he goes, geez, uh, okay, fine. I'll listen to them. And Lewis says, geez, you're not going to regret it. I'll see you in the morning. And then Picard goes back to kind of staring off and then staring back at the computer again. Also, Robert Robert was uh, shining a box the whole time, and Picard seems torn. I, I thought that was important that Robert was, like, listening in and shining a box at some point. And then we have another commercial break. The next time we see Jean-Luc, he's drinking alone, drinking wine and thinking. Also, it's, like, interesting, the kind of country French theme. There's, like, a pitcher in a bowl. And I'm not sure if that was, like, how you'd wash your hands. Uh, uh, I don't know. And there was, like, matching candlesticks, and it was all, like, uh, you know, what's that stuff like uh, Like China, like a nice, uh, I don't know, painted and stuff. I don't know what you call it, like glass. It's not glass. It's ceramic. I don't know what that stuff is, but it looked good. I didn't see any roosters. I, like people in America, when you have a country French house, it always feels like you have a lot of rooster stuff. I mean, I, maybe when I was a little kid, I'd play at somebody's house. Uh, but Robert comes in with freshly picked flowers that he's kind of still like trimming and holding in a rag. And uh, then they're talking about control, which we'll get into in a minute. And Robert, as him and Jean-Luc talk, he spends a lot of time. Jean-Luc's kind of just staring. They don't make a lot of eye contact. Uh, 
And Robert kind of acts interested, like he's interested in this corkscrew. He's kind of spinning it in his hands. He's got he's got a he has shoulder pads on, but I don't know if that's the style. I think he's had him on the whole episode. And suspenders. Maybe Jean Luc has less uh, shoulder pads, but uh, whatever the shirt is, it looks really comfy. The seafoam shirt uh, or robe. And they're kind of going back and forth talking. And you can see it's getting more and more stern. And, but they're still like barely making contact. And then Jean Luc gets up and leaves. Uh, but the conversation kind of goes like Jean-Luc's drinking and his brother says, geez, I don't think you can handle that. Synthesol, synth- synthesol or whatever doesn't have that, like it uh, doesn't get you drunk. And Picard's like, yeah. And he goes, well, this will. And he goes, yeah, now that's something I'd like to see. And Picard says, what do you mean? He goes, gallant, gallant uh, Picard out of control. And then he acts a little bit innocent, like he's like, uh, kind of, he goes, geez, mind if I ask you a question? What happened out there? And Picard says, is this a concern? He goes, no, curiosity with the Borg, I mean, what, what was up with that? And Picard says, you know what happened? He goes, no, not precisely. He goes, I, I know you were humiliated. And then he said, man, this, this Robert is really, he's a, he's a handful. He goes, I always thought you needed a little humiliation or humility, either one will do. And so Picard rolls out, his brother, like, walks right after him. Uh, and this is around 34 minutes in the episode. It's probably worth a watch. Uh, oh, no, 34 minutes is, like, this this dialogue, so we'll get to it. Uh, else, uh, Picard storms out, why do you walk away? Yeah, okay, so he really sounds like, when we do this dialogue, he really sounds like the Emperor from Star Trek. Uh, it's, it's, I'll do, I won't do the Emperor voice at 3445. Let's see, let's do the dialogue first, and then I'll do the observation, because a lot of it, uh, it stops being dialogue-related. Robert says, why are you walking away? That's not your style. And Picard goes, I'm over it, bro. And he goes, oh, he's so tired. He goes, yeah. He goes, Robert says, what well, are you, tired of the Enterprise, too? The great Captain Picard, back down and then into the water with Lewis. He goes, well, that's not the brother I remember. But maybe that you're writing your own story. But local boy returns home to hero's welcome. Picard goes, I'm no hero. And he goes, of course you are. He goes, you never settle for less than that, ever. And Picard says, what? And he goes, oh, you canceled the parade to look good. And he said, Picard says, that's not what I'm after, man. And he goes, oh, Mr. President, school president, valedictorian, athletic hero, arms raised in victory, which is a really nice callback to when he raises his arms kind of in fake victory uh, when he's with Council Troy at the beginning. I just noticed that. That is really nice uh, writing. I mean, like, this is an old, older-fashioned show, but, uh, I mean, it's still a lot of nice things to point out, is my point. I hope I'm not being too—well, it's a sleep podcast. I can be as much of a fanboy as I want, right? Uh, but he goes—Picard uh, says, what are you, jealous? He goes, that's right, I'm jealous. I had a right to be. Picard goes, what? You have a right to be jealous? And he goes, yeah, I'm your brother, watching you be the winner— 
And we get the uh, prodigal son thing, which I like find appealing because he says, yeah, you were breaking all the rules and kissing all the people. But, uh, you know, I was one by father's side. The older brother, the responsible one, looking after you. And because he says, looking after me, you were a bully. And he goes, well, sometimes he goes, but uh, sometimes I enjoyed it. And then Picard says, uh, like, it just gets better and better. Uh, let's see. Let me read through my notes. That was the dialogue. Oh, what was the part where he says, uh, where he sounds like the thing? That was when he said tired. Where is that? Uh, maybe that's later. Oh, that was at the beginning. He go, oh, he goes, yes, tired of the Enterprise too. Uh, the great, like that part, uh, he sounded like the emperor. And he said, of course you are, admit it. You'll never settle for less than that, and you never will. That just reminded me of uh, Return of the Jedi with Luke talking to the Emperor. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense without the audio. So, um, but yeah, so they're walking through the uh, the grounds of uh, the Picard house. His brother's arms are behind his back. Now Luke's a few feet in front of him. Well, he pesters him, and then finally Picard says, you're not going to bully me anymore, by the way. He goes, go ahead and try now. But when he says it, he, like, uh, uh, his eyebrows raised, or maybe his brother's eyebrows raised, when he says, you want me to look after you again? And then they have a a mud fight, because Picard's like, come on, man, uh, I'm sick of you. And so they have a mud fight, growls in the vines, <laughs> like, because uh, Picard's growling. As, uh, really, like, here's where they face off. You're so jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. It's really good acting, too, uh, by the brother. Uh, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm so sick of being your brother. You Mr. Hot Stuff. You know, this is very, uh, this, is this archetypal? You know, it was my job to look after you. Look after me. Picard's really, like, panting almost. He's really had enough, uh. And he goes, see, sometimes I even enjoyed it. And here's where Jean-Luc says, you know what? Uh, go ahead, bully. But he's like, it does seem like a little bit smaller. Oh, and this Russ says, why'd you come back? Uh, did you come back because you wanted me to look after you, you again? And the Picard says, and that's when the mud fight starts. And uh, it's pretty hilarious uh, watching them. I can't tell if it, it must be stunt people, too. Uh, but it, like, I'm not watching it in slow motion or anything. Ground, they're, uh, Picard, they throw mud at each other and then they really, they're exhausted and then they start laughing, uh, for just a second. Cause then, uh, you know, after the, the release of adrenaline, you know, Picard says, she's, you were asking for it. And Robert says, you know what? You've been really hard on yourself, uh. And then Picard like has a second release of sadness because he says, geez, they took everything, the Borg, uh, and they used me and I couldn't stop them. Like I should have been able to stop them and I tried and I failed. I wasn't strong enough. I should have been. I should have been able to stop them. I should have. And he's crying. And Robert says, well, my brother's a human being. And then the healing moment comes. He goes, this is going to be with you a long... A really good moment. He goes, this is going to be with you a long time, Jean-Luc. A long time. You have to learn to live with it. Now you have a simple choice. To live with it below the sea with Lewis or above the clouds with the Enterprise. 
and they're in the vines, like where he originally said, I'm going to help the sick vine. And then he says, Jesus, uh, Picard says, I guess I did come back to be healed. And then Robert says, you know what? I still don't like you. And he means it. It's not like a joke. Uh, he goes, uh, he, he goes, yeah. But we, we, and I said, wow, that's powerful. Like, uh, like if there's people in your life, you say, you know what? I just don't like uh, if that was allowable. I don't think it is. Because uh, usually you just feel like, well, it's my fault. I don't like this person, you know? Uh, and that's so with Ro- Ro- Robert. Yeah, so then they help each other up. Uh, I think you were right after all. I still don't like you. Then there's a commercial. Uh, then we see Mud going into the their house. And then the brothers are drunk. Uh, when Marie's get, eyes get home, cover up like a couple of... Oh, yeah, so Marie comes home and she says, what happened? And they cover it up like a, a couple of Monty Python characters. They're like, oh, it was my fault. I tripped in, you know, they, like she's like, were you two mud wrestling? And she goes, what if your father saw you? And Picard says, well, he sent us to bed without supper. And she says, well, I'm glad you got it out of your system. And Picard says, yes, you're right, Marie. I'm going to have to cancel that meeting. It's with the governors and Lewis. I got to get out of here. She says, already, Jean-Luc? He goes, yeah, it's time for the ship to go, and I belong on board. If I should ever doubt it again, I know where to come. And then we have a parting scene with Jean-Luc back in his uniform, uh, which I think is powerful, and he's with Marie and Renee, and Renee's holding his bag, very proud. And his brother's standing in the background with an ascot on. And he gives him a wine and two kisses and a real hug. Uh, and he walks off in, in uniform. I put that there. But Jean-Luc or Robert says, you know, here's the 47. You know, drink it with somebody special. Uh, you know, they really have a moment. Even they make eye contact. And uh, even his brother's eyes soften a little bit when he hugs uh, Jean-Luc. Like he does care. Uh, which is good because this guy was stern, whoever this actor is. And then we see Picard walk back down the same la- lane with Lesso springing us up, a very determined pace. We see his back with his uniform in his bag. And then Worf is seeing his parents off, uh, and he crosses, they cross paths with Jean-Luc. Uh, and he says, hey, what's up? Uh, and then as the door closes, like Picard's coming in from the transporter, he smiles. uh uh, because, you know, Worf's, uh, like, uh, parents are getting on his nerves and stuff. And Worf's nerves, not on Picard's. And then we see Marie and uh, Robert eating dinner alone. And it's night. And Marie says, he's still out there dreaming about starships and adventures. This reminded me of uh, Christmas Story, the movie. He's dreaming about starships and adventures. It's getting late. And Robert says, well, let him dream. And then we, uh, like, there's, like, a very, very, uh, like, um, iconic shot, I guess, of uh, a kid under a tree. It's Renee in this case. Like, stars in the sky. He's got, like, very, like, very, like, his knees up, and there's a shooting stars, and there's a constellation. And the episode comes to a close. Even some city lights in the background, uh. Uh, really well done. His knees up, you know, just like the like uh, picture should be. 
And the episode ends, uh, and that worked out pretty good. So, uh, yeah, there'll be a part two uh, next week. Uh, Good night, everybody.